0: Bill's Mafia was good, this Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. going on everybody welcome to the coolest place in bills mafia outside of western new york i am your host jake this is the lowdown only on the built in buffalo podcast network Woo! that was a lot to say but we are here it is friday again so you know what that means it's the end of the week and you know what you're ready to go into the weekend and some of you may be dreading it because of the awful showing that the buffalo bills put on last weekend against the jacksonville jaguars and i know i know it's friday and this is kind of my conundrum with this podcast right is that i have to do it on friday and by friday especially after games that happened like last weekend you are done you are checked out you do not want to hear about the game that happened last week You have that player mentality that tells you, hey, I'm on to New York or New Jersey, however you want to look at it. But in reality, I have to talk about it because I have a lot of things to say about this game. Mostly things that you have probably heard over the last few weeks. And the crazy thing is... You know, I only pick a certain amount of Bills games to go to. I picked a game earlier this year where the Bills had to play the Washington football team in beautiful Orchard Park, and that game, I said the Buffalo Bills are going to have a get-right game, and they are going to get back on track against the Washington football team, and they did it, and I was so happy. I said, man, I then I picked the two best games to go to. This season. But you know what actually happened? I picked the Jacksonville Jaguars game, which I know I should have just thought hey, maybe that's a little bit too easy. I was walking around downtown Jacksonville, which, if you've never been to Jacksonville before, let me tell you, it is a dump. Jacksonville, it trash all over the streets. It's not the kind of downtown that you would think when you think of Florida. But in reality, being a native of Florida, I can tell you it is probably the perfect embodiment of what Florida is. It stinks. It has homelessness. There's a bunch of problems. It's old. But guess what? There's beaches. So in reality, Jacksonville, just walking around there, there were fans that were coming up to us. I was in my bill starter jacket that my dad uh, graciously gave to me from the nineties and we're walking around it because it was cold. It was a uncharacteristically cold day in Jacksonville and raining. And we were walking around. We walked down to the stadium in the morning to get a glimpse of where the most magnificent tailgate might happen. And as we're walking around, Jacksonville Jaguars fans are walking up to us saying, please don't beat us too bad. Like, hey, you guys have a great team. Just don't embarrass us today. And man, did that mood shift on the walk back from the stadium after the game. But what happened during this game? Of course, the Buffalo Bills lose. And it's a heartbreaker. It's a barn burner Nobody wanted to be there. Now, of course, I was indulging in some vitamins and I had some alcohol. You know, I was having fun because I was gonna watch a blowout. I was gonna watch the Buffalo Bills team that I knew walk into the Jacksonville Stadium, TIAA Bank Stadium, And which, by the way, I loved the experience of going in it. It was a modern stadium, and you could tell it was. We were in the nosebleeds, but I felt like I was watching all 22 film as I could sit there, kick my feet up because Jacksonville Jaguars fans don't show up to their games it was a sea of blue from the lower bowl to the upper bowl and it was great there was one section over towards where the jaguars ran out that i guess a bunch of jags fans were sitting around but that was it it was a sea of blue everywhere else and what i can tell you is sitting up there with my feet up, I thought I was about to enjoy my day, be able to go to the bar after the game, and just indulge with all the fans talking about how great it was because it felt like basically being in a home game. That did not happen. Not only was I drunk, not only was I indulging and overloading on vitamins, I was also sad and mad because the Buffalo Bills went and laid the biggest egg I have ever seen the Buffalo Bills lay. Like, at least Jacksonville scored 10 points in the playoff game that I watched, which happened to be one of my first memories and heartbreaks of being a Bills fan. And I I guess just whenever the Buffalo Bills play the Jacksonville Jaguars, good things do not happen. So what happened during this game? Jake, you've been talking for five minutes And we haven't really talked about what happened during the game yet, except saying the most obvious thing that the Buffalo Bills laid an egg. Well, the Buffalo Bills decided that they did not want to show up to this game. The Buffalo Bills, a team that has been painted as a contender in the NFL, one of the best teams in the AFC, came in and lost to one of the worst teams in the AFC. If there was A exact definition of any given Sunday, nobody thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were winning this game. Hell, I bet the Jacksonville Jaguar players did not think they were winning this game when they walked in that stadium. But you know what happened? They did. And you want to know a big reason for that? I'm not going to go into the specifics. I was there. I watched the game. But the offensive line, the offensive line was terrible. And thank God I am not the person who does the built-in Buffalo post-game show because I can be level-headed after a day. I think that's my duty as a content creator to you. But that, oh man, the state that I was in after that game, the offensive line, it's terrible. And why 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 is it terrible? I think it's going to be better this week. Then we talk about the offensive line, uh, I, we'll go into that a little bit more too. When we talk about this week's matchup against the Jets, obviously getting Spencer Brown back. But speaking of Spencer Brown, the one problem that I have with this is that Spencer Brown being out should not be the excuse that we have as Bills fans for what happened here. I'm going to say it right now. The Buffalo Bills have neglected the offensive line. That is not something that you can dispute. They bring in guys, but they don't really add any depth except for what they have. They seem to be content with what we have. And John Feliciano going out and Spencer Brown being there should not be a reason to be like, oh, now the offensive line stinks. No, the offensive line has had problems, whether that weak link was John Feliciano or now with him being on IR it's going to be Cody Ford and Ike Botker guys that both outplayed one Quentin Spain who was re-signed and then cut during the season last season because to prove a point in reality what has it done for the Buffalo Bills it has hampered us a team that should be easily One of the best teams in the AFC is now at five wins. And of course, there's time for course correction. It is only midway through the season. The Buffalo Bills have only played eight games. But one guy, Spencer Brown, should not cause you to have to move three guys and have to completely shuffle your offensive line. What is one thing that you need? There's continuity at positions. I know. One thing is that. Sean McDermott likes to have guys that are versatile and can be thrown in many different positions. But with an offensive line, I'm sorry. I think one of the things that has hampered Cody Ford, and I know we can talk about fundamentals, is that him being thrown from tackle to guard and vice versa back and forth probably hampers his learning ability when he's not sat there at, hey, Cody, we want you to be left guard, or Cody, we want you to be right guard, or we drafted you as a tackle, we need you to unlearn that and become a guard, please. And a lot of that has to come down on coaching. Ike Botker, he's been on the team forever. He obviously isn't starting level talent, so what does that tell you when he actually has to play? Maybe you should get some guys that can actually have some brass back there when they have to be called up on we have we have it in other positions we've got guys like cam lewis who when he stepped into the role at least for a half When Taron Johnson got benched last year, he was able to step up and come in and get work done. We have guys like Jaquan Johnson, and I know that's not someone that we have to sit here and, oh my god, but they are guys. We had guys like Dean Marlowe, who were veterans that could step up into the position when somebody was hurt. We have A.J. Klein, that when Matt Milano was out, could still step up and be a reasonable player. Cody Ford and Ike Botker aren't those guys. We can't sit here and make excuses for Brandon Bean. They have neglected the guard position, and it is evident. John Feliciano getting re-signed wasn't a great thing. You heard me in my podcast say I think I know a ton of other creators that have said the same thing. Just because John Feliciano is good buds with Josh Allen and you want to keep Josh Allen happy by keeping guys on the line that are friends with Josh Allen, that play video games, that have great chemistry. That's fine. Keep him in the locker room. But he shouldn't be your starting guard. He's below average. He's not a guy who's moving the needle. A guy that's moving the needle was a guy that you got rid of and gave up on after one year, and that's Wyatt Teller who just signed a huge contract with the Cleveland Browns. And I hate sitting here as a Bills fan to have to see a picture of Wyatt Teller and Quinton Spain sitting here with their jerseys, jersey swapping, and being like, wow, look at us, look what we've done, when both of those guys could be on the Buffalo Bills offensive line right now. They could be. We could have two great guards to come in and solidify this line, but we don't. We have Ike Botker and Cody Ford. Cody Ford, a guy that if he wasn't the guy, why is he still on the team? we tr- i understand it's a vanity thing brandon bean does not want to acknowledge that cody ford is probably a bust of a pick but if you look at the draft class that you know, came out of 2019 Dawson Knox, Singletary, Ed Oliver. There are some guys in there that are average to could turn out to be absolute studs. But then there's guys like Jaquan Johnson, who I brought up is decent, but not amazing. And then there's guys like Voshan Joseph, who aren't on the team anymore. Tommy Sweeney, who's only on this team because he was good at blocking, but now he's got another shot, but we don't know what he is. There's plenty of dudes in draft classes that he don't that he doesn't hit on and you can't expect every single draft pick to hit. I understand that. But Cody Ford hasn't hit. When Spencer Brown went out and having somebody who can be solidified at that spot, I understand that we moved Daryl Williams into right guard. Why have we not been training up Tommy Sweeney to be able to come in and if you want someone who's versatile, maybe fine refine his skill set to where if spencer brown does go out again and you have to slide a guy like Daryl williams back to right tackle when he's been playing perfectly fine at right guard why are you not training someone who you just drafted to go into one of those positions we don't we know what cody ford is and a lot of that falls on bobby johnson offensive line coach. He's been here for three years. Our offensive line the last three years has not been something that's ranked in the top 10 in the league. It just isn't. Josh Allen makes this offensive line look better than it actually is. And Cody Ford, bona fide bum, I'm sorry. He has not been what we need him to do but because we gave up on wyatt teller after one year and he turns out to become one of the best guards in the league we're giving a guy like cody ford more opportunities than he probably deserves you don't want to be wrong about it brandon bean i understand but cody ford this offensive line just isn't it And the fact that you lose Spencer Brown, so then you have to shift Daryl Williams over, put in two guys that probably couldn't make it on most teams in the league. Maybe Ike Botker at one point could be a backup on other team. But that's what they are. They're backups. Cody Ford hasn't shown. And maybe if Cody Ford was just said, hey, Cody, we want you to be our left guard of the future. We're going to train you up at just left guard. Maybe that's the case. But the fact that Cody Ford has to learn fundamentals for multiple positions is not something that I think benefits a guy like Cody Ford who's not shown that he can even be good at one position. So I don't know. That's my take on the Buffalo Bills offensive line. Usually you know I keep these short when we talk about the game, but I haven't even talked about everything about this game. 13 minutes in, this is a long one, ladies and gentlemen. Red zone struggles continue, man. The, the Buffalo Bills just can't get it done. Six points, six measly points against the Jacksonville Jaguars squad, who was ranked dead last when it came to passing defense. Geno Smith lit up this Jacksonville team, but Josh Allen couldn't do anything. And Russell Wilson has never had an O-line in his whole career. And guess what? They were able to protect Geno Smith long enough to be able to complete passes. Our O-line couldn't do that for Josh Allen. Penalties in this game, this team was absolutely ridiculous when it came to penalties, and I understand we can sit here and blame the refs all we want, but the refs have been a factor in football games for years. As long as I've been watching, refs have sucked, and it's in all sports. It's not just contained to football, and we know that. Look, penalties, 12 penalties for 118 yards, they spotted in critical situations the Jacksonville Jaguars 118 yards of offense that is ridiculous and I understand the refs stink I watched the right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars I could see it in the nosebleeds of TIAA Bank Stadium I could see it the missed calls and their job they're calling all these penalties but they can't sit there and call one of the easiest penalties to see on the field is ridiculous the fact that even during that game against Seattle, Pete Carroll went up to the referees to say, hey, look at that guy. The fact that they're still missing these calls is ridiculous. There's multiple frames that you can get of second, even a second before the snap has even left the center's hand that you can see that the right tackle was already moving. And there were even calls that got called on the Buffalo Bills where it was a millisecond. Where they called that, but then they won't call it on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ref stink, we know that, but 118 yards is inexcusable. But the one thing that could come out of this game, which is surprising, Jake, you're actually going to say something good about this game? Yeah, I am. The defense, the Buffalo Bills defense is no slouch. The offense is the problem right now, which is not something you thought we'd be saying during this season, but it is. The defense actually played Really good. When your defense only allows six points, I'm not going to count the last three because basically Josh Allen gifted the Jacksonville Jaguars three points and Sean McDermott gifted the Jacksonville Jaguars three points. And I'm not really going to talk about that at crazy links. It was a bad mistake. Coach McDermott, nine times out of ten, probably catches that and doesn't do that, but the handling of this game just wasn't there. Josh Allen, 31 for 47, 264 yards, two interceptions, one fumble, but it should have been two, but then the end of the game happens. Look, Josh Allen didn't have a good game, and he said it himself with an expletive. He played awful. He did. Josh Allen did not have a good game, and no matter what you see, the number he just gave that game away, and the offensive line did him no favors. But the one thing I will take from this game is... Not that the Buffalo Bills are not a good team. One of the I made sure to stay off Twitter after that one, because like I said, I indulged in vitamins and I was quite drunk. I did not want to say anything that I would regret. But that didn't stop some people. No, it did not. Um the fact that the Takes that you would hear on Twitter right after that game were that the Buffalo Bills are not a playoff team, and even stretching into the national media, that now the Patriots, being a half game back, are going to win the AFC East look. The Buffalo Bills overall are a better team than the New England Patriots. We got to talk about it, right? The big bad Patriots, they're sitting there. Yeah, the big bad Patriots who beat the Jets twice. And they beat the Panthers, with Sam Darnold gifting them three turnovers, who is now benched and hurt and now replaced by Cam Newton. And then they beat the Texans, which, guess what? The Bills also beat the Texans 40-0. to That's what the Buffalo Bills did to the Houston Texans. The Patriots didn't do that. But they did get a good win against the Chargers. I will give them that. The New England Patriots are a team that's built – On defense and running the rock, they've played teams that have had awful run defenses, so they are able to succeed. And they have not played teams other than the Chargers that can just throw the ball all over you. They haven't. Not yet they haven't. And when they beat the Jets, the Jets didn't have Mike White quarterback, which is crazy for me to say. They had Zach Wilson, a rookie quarterback who's still struggling, and Mike White, who with LaFleur, the offensive coordinator for the Jets going up to the box, has made Mike White throw for 400 yards and had Josh Johnson, a 12-year career backup, throwing for 300-plus yards against a Colts secondary that was awful. So look, the Patriots, I think they're going to hang in there. I think that the Browns, they kind of get a break with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt not being there. However, they do still have to deal with Dearness Johnson, and one of the big things with the Browns is that their system kind of just fits. It's kind of like the Ravens, where it kind of doesn't matter who you put back there. They're probably going to have success, and Bill Belichick is a hell of a coach, but I just think the Buffalo Bills are overall better. Once the Buffalo Bills get it clicking, which this week when we go over the injury report, you will see has a great likelihood of happening over the next couple of games, and the Buffalo Bills are back in the driver's seat. I understand the Patriots have ripped off some good wins, but they also have some tough games ahead of them. So don't sit here and go, oh, the big bad Patriots are back. Look, I'm sorry. I I think the Patriots, I'll give them respect. I don't think Mac Jones is a terrible quarterback. He is a little bit of a dirty one. I think teams are going to play him a little bit harder after Brian Burns' comments on him. But I don't think the Patriots are all the way back. I think that, you know, they've been riding high. They have some big wins against some terrible teams. And one big win over a team that was considered to be a contender towards the beginning, and now they're back in the hunt, not really one of those top teams, at least what they've seen, especially the Chargers, who do not have that great of a run defense. So that was the first half. We're done talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm sure it'll come up in the second half of the show. I mean, it's just a terrible loss, and it's always going to come up, especially when you have to play a team like the Jets. Your confidence wavers just a little bit. But this has been the first half of the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network, so make sure to join me as we go into the second half after these words from Josh Allen at practice on Thursday.
1: It's football. You're not going to win every single one. You can't dwell on on one loss. Um, So, again, we use that 24 hours to to focus on what we need to change and come out here, have a really good day of practice, which we did. Guys came out ready to compete, ready to go. Uh, So it was good to see that. We've talked a lot about how Stefan is good at calming you down during a game and being out support there. What about after a a few days after that? What are those conversations like? Again, you, you know, we can't. Just focus on, on one game, one loss. Um, we, t- we talk on Monday and we communicate what went wrong, what went right, what we need to fix. And, uh, and I think we had a, you know, I think throughout the, the entire team had a good uh, day of communication on Monday of just being honest with ourselves and um, trying to trying to fix some problems that we may have and come out here and, and practice and work on those problems. So um, again, we're, we we got to put together a game plan to, to face a, a really good defense on on Sunday against the
0: Jets. What is going on everybody, welcome back to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host Jake, this is The Lowdown, and this is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. We're done talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars game, okay? It'll probably come up in passing just because we have to talk about the New York Jets game that is coming up this week. And last week, I felt like I was a little bit too full of myself when I was talking about the game that was coming up. During the week, so you know what we're going to do? We're all business this week, ladies and gentlemen. We are just going to talk about the injury report. I'm going to talk about some stats about the Jets and how the Buffalo Bills should take advantage of that and win this game handedly, hopefully. And then, of course, I will give my prediction. My predictions so far are usually uh, the only prediction I've gotten right this year was the Washington football team game just you know with a margin of error of about like four points so that was the closest game i was on this year so i'm not gonna be one of those fans that says oh this is like a three nine game again i think the bills do bounce back but let's talk about the buffalo bills injury report because eh kind of is a lengthy one if I had to guess there are quite there there are quite a few names on here thankfully there's a few vet rest there's guys that have gone from limited to full already and it's just Thursday again every single time that I talk about this I'm talking about the Thursday injury report because that is when I record these to go out Friday morning for you to listen to so obviously right now this will not reflect the Friday injury report to get the full rundown on that, of course, make sure to go check out the built in Buffalo YouTube channel where first round Buy is a live show that I do with Justice General and Izzy from the Built in Buffalo network and you know the fam we always have a great live show every Friday night make sure to tune in there you can throw in some of your opinions we'll talk about it we'll get them up on screen it's always a fun time so if you've made it this far into my podcast I thank you and make sure if you want to listen to any more of me then to check me out on Friday nights where you get about 20 to 30 minutes of me here you can get two hours of all of us throwing and it's fun too it's not just us you know talking football we also there's quite a few jokes that get thrown around so yeah it's great let's talk about the bills injury report i'm gonna say right now the vet rest guys on here you don't gotta worry about are mario addison emmanuel sanders and star latulale Um And of course I always do these I go vet rest not worried worried and who cares obviously somebody's on the injury report You should care, but sometimes it's a player That's really a non-factor when it comes to the game that is coming up this week And they're just being reported because they have to so not worried. We've got Dawson Knox. Yes, that is right. Dawson Knox was limited on Wednesday. I thought he'd be one of those limited, limited full guys, but he was back at practice in full capacity today on Thursday, which is a great sign that we are going to get our tight end that was on a bit of a hot streak going in after a week where we just could not get any offense in. And, of course, Tommy Sweeney was basically a non-factor in that game. So getting the tight end in and being able to use that as just another weapon in the past game or blocking if our offensive line isn't doing anything uh, would be a great thing. But speaking of the offensive line, after two weeks. Spencer Brown was limited on Wednesday, and today he was a full participant at practice on Thursday, which means that the offensive line should look something like Deion Dawkins, either Botker or Ford, most likely Botker, Morse, Williams, and then Spencer Brown back at tackle to where the Buffalo Bills offensive line wasn't amazing, but they also were just not giving up sacks and giving Josh Allen at least a smidget of time to be able to do something other people on the not worried about are Jaquan Johnson who again I've said is just a guy that he's you know he's good enough he's a good backup he could be the essential Dean Marlowe type of player eventually in time so Jaquan Johnson limited and limited in both practices this week so far with a hamstring injury And I would assume he's a limited, limited, full guy, even though he's not going to be a huge participant in this week's game. Another one, Taron Johnson was in concussion protocol. He was limited and limited in the two practices he was in this week. I would assume he will either be limited on Friday or full and will be the starting nickel cornerback in this week's game against the Jets. Another person on the not worried list is Cole Beasley, and I know Cole Beasley with this rib injury that seems to be lingering these last couple of weeks, he did play last week and this week. He was a non-participant on Wednesday and then he was limited on Thursday. I would assume he will be limited on Friday and maybe questionable for the game status, but Cole Beasley will most likely play. The two that I'm worried about, and there are, you know, there is reason to be worried. Tremaine Edmonds with a hamstring did not participate in either practice this week. And we know that the Buffalo Bills just historically, when it comes to hamstring injuries, are very, very cautious. So Tremaine Evans, while I haven't heard that much when it comes to the front of how severe this hamstring injury is, he still did not participate in either this week. And even if he is limited in Friday, I would say that the Buffalo Bills maybe hold him out for this game against the Jets. And really, you know, he could most likely be a did not participate on friday and out he could be somebody that does eventually He he's one of those one or two guys that just gets announced as out and another one that i'm kind of worried about is zach moss and i understand that when it comes to zach moss you really don't feel like there's much of a trade-off between moss and singletary i get that i think kind of the woes when it comes to the buffalo bills running game have a lot to do with how the offensive line plays And even though Sean McDermott does come out and say, hey, we need to be better, we know we need to be better at the run game, you know, the Buffalo Bills are trying to be a little bit more two-dimensional this year than last year, but it hasn't really been working out for them. Zach Moss did not participate on Wednesday and was limited today on Thursday. He is in the concussion protocol, just like Taron Johnson was, but he's a little bit, you know, farther behind than Taron Johnson is when it comes to participating if Zach Moss is in then I would you know I would assume that he most likely plays but if he's limited again and questionable I could see the Buffalo Bills maybe holding him out and trying a little bit more with Matt Breida who has mostly been inactive this year and I think should be a guy that the Buffalo Bills should look at because of the kind of player that he is he's a little bit more fast and elusive than Zach Moss and Devin Singletary maybe they could use his style a little bit more I know some people want Antonio Williams called up again I understand it's those same people that thought you know Duke Williams was going to be a stud if he ever got called up look Antonio Williams will probably forever be a practice squad duty had the one great game you know you gotta love that for the guy but I think when you got a guy like Matt Breida who has more of a history success and is obvious obviously RB3 they would go with him over Antonio Williams and then the who cares I have on here is Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis uh, was just on the practice squad. He did get elevated and actually I don't even know if he was on the practice squad. I know he was signed but Cam Lewis uh, obviously, did not participate on Wednesday. And then after Justin Zimmer being put on IR and being done for the season, was signed. And he did not participate on Thursday due to an illness. But Cam Lewis, not really a factor with this game against the jets so that is the buffalo bills injury report as of thursday again make sure if you want the most updated version to go check out the built-in buffalo twitter or check into the live show first round by that i have every single friday night on the built-in buffalo youtube channel with my guys justice and izzy so we got to talk about this game right we have to play the new york jets this week and as some of you know my father-in-law or future father-in-law is a New York Jets fan so of course I had the conversation with them the New York Jets are a struggling team they are not a team that you can say is the cream of the crop of the AFC uh, in any terms but the Jets have kind of these last couple of weeks while their defense has kind of you know been their achilles heel their offense has not been and that's where I think this game could be one of those you know it's a get right game for the buffalo bills and i know i said that about the jaguars but i feel it this week and i swear if we lose this week ladies and gentlemen i will never say that again but the jets man the thing about the jets defense is they're averaging two sacks a game and the big thing About this Jets defense that you really need to worry about is most of the sacks come from players that play inside So you've got quinnon williams and john franklin myers who they did recently sign to a big Contract look it comes from the inside and we know our problem is in our interior offensive line I will not be surprised if the jets continue to do what they do and get to the quarterback at least two times a game But where the jets are not Good is the pass defense They let up a passer rating average of 106.1, and that's 30th in the league. And, you know, I feel like that doesn't mean much because the Jacksonville Jaguars were 31st last week. So I really feel like that, you know, the blessings that we have coming into this game is our O-line is going to be mostly intact, uh, aside from John Feliciano being at the left guard spot mostly to be able to protect Allen and give him a little bit more time to make plays. Obviously, I think the game plan offensively this week is going to kind of, you know, play into that, that Allen may not have as much time. So maybe they go for a little bit of the short game. Hopefully they do. The New York Jets are letting up an average of 274.9 yards per game. And that is, you know, I, if Josh Allen can get that, I think we easily win the game. And the one other thing is that their run defense, the Jets run defense, I just have written here, garbage, but doesn't matter. Because I don't think that the Buffalo Bills, the one thing that I had to say to my future father-in-law on the phone is that, hey, look, your guys' run defense, yeah, it's awful, but you don't gotta worry about it against the Buffalo Bills, seriously. We cannot run the ball. Like, they gave up those yards to Jonathan Taylor, and Naim Hines look we don't have either of those guys on our team I like Singletary I like Moss but they are not those dudes so really you don't have to worry about it if you're a Jets fan of the Buffalo Bills running the ball on you but I will say that if the Bills even just remotely get that passing game in check it could be a long day for the Jets so yeah the the game plan for the Buffalo Bills is I think they need Josh Allen can extend plays hopefully as much as he can, but the O-line just needs to play better. And I know that's a tall task to ask, but if the O-line plays good and gives Josh Allen just a little bit more time, our receivers are some of the one of the top, top wide receiver tandems in the league, especially just our room in general. They'll be able to diagnose this defense. Look, this Jets defense has a bunch of guys on it that are either undrafted or late round picks and Marcus may one of their top safeties is gone look the Jets they're they're not a team like obviously you need to respect them because they're still an NFL team they have NFL players on the team but the Buffalo Bills are just hands down a better team than them but after a game against Jacksonville where you know the Buffalo Bills were easily the better team and they lost you can't sit here and just say that any game's a given. I can look at the Buffalo Bills schedule right now and tell you that I cannot look at one more game on the schedule and go, oh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills are easily going to win that game. There's no way they lose. And I don't like that. But the Bills, I think they just need to pass the ball. I mean, Carson Wentz had a day against the New York Jets. I think that, the, that Josh Allen can easily do it. And when it comes to our defense, look, I think our defense – is going to be able to get it done. I haven't seen the defense give up a game this year uh, regardless except for the game against Tennessee which was all Derrick Henry and, you know, field position battles and all that. The defense has held their own and I think that Mike White having an average passing yardage of about 5.5 yards per throw is not something that the Buffalo the Buffalo Bills are going to know that. These aren't guys that are driving it down the field massively. The only thing that I could give in the first half of the show is that Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, has been able to give Mike White a 400-yard game and Josh Johnson a career backup, a 300-yard game. But that 300-yard game came against a Colts secondary that has Rocky Sin and a bunch of bums on it. So our secondary isn't that. And it's pretty much going to be loaded except for Tremaine Edmonds, who I think might not play. So I think that – and when it comes to the middle of the field, really they don't have someone other than Elijah Moore that you really got to worry about. So I think the Buffalo Bills should win this game handily but I can't say it with a hundred percent confidence. I think that the score for this game could easily be, it could be a low scoring one because it's a divisional game, but I think it probably ends up being something more like 35 to 14, or it could be 35 to 21. But I think the Buffalo bills put up points and they're able to get out of East Rutherford, New Jersey with a win. So, That's this week's show. This has been the lowdown with Jake Jordan. Obviously, you can find me at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter, where I have some amazing content. Obviously, you can find everybody and follow everybody in the built in Buffalo. Uh, podcast family where we have a ton of other shows not just mine obviously if you listen to mine i'm sure you listen to all of the others so make sure to go check them out and follow built in buffalo on tiktok instagram facebook where they are just absolutely killing it on facebook and i am part of the content team so it's definitely something that you should go check out this has been the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york i have been your host jake this has been the lowdown, and i will catch all of you Next
1: week.